It's Thursday, February 18th, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Texas Senator Ted Cruz is being lambasted after photos were leaked of him taking his family to sunny Cancun while his home state suffers through its worst winter weather in a generation. At this point, we're not certain what's worse, Ted abandoning his freezing constituents or the possibility that photos of him in a bathing suit might leak next. Speaking of Texas, the temperatures have gotten so bad that one Texas resident says he started to burn bills in order to stay warm. Hopefully the bills are from the energy company, but then again, they'll probably charge him for that usage too. Meanwhile, President Biden has allocated emergency generators and diesel fuel at communications facilities and hospitals in Texas. He was also he's also authorized FEMA to supply Texans with water and blankets. All of that without making them say nice things about him first. 2021, am I right? Florida governor and eventual wipeout contestant Ron DeSantis is threatening to withhold vaccines from any state counties that criticize his rollout strategy. Pardon the pun, but this sounds like his shot at getting the 2024 Republican nomination. Walmart CEO Doug McMillan said today that raising the minimum wage to $15 would limit his workers' promotion potential. Sure, because who wouldn't want to have the title of executive checkout person without the added perks of living below the poverty line? The CEOs of Robinhood, Citadel, and Reddit testified this afternoon before Congress about last month's manipulation of GameStop stock. Ironically, the people who put it into GameStop were questioned in the only place where the games never stop. Ten New York lawmakers are calling on the Television Academy to rescind Governor Andrew Cuomo's Emmy amid revelations of hidden COVID-19 deaths at nursing homes in the state. Others worry that this will set a bad precedent since uh, hiding secrets and ruining lives is how most people in the entertainment industry win their awards. In the trailer for her new documentary, Demi Lovato admitted that she had a drug overdose in 2018 that caused her to have three strokes and a heart attack. This came as a shock to all of her fans who are used to her releasing this kind of information as a single. Tim Burton has signed on to direct a live action Wednesday Addams series for Netflix. That's great, but to be honest with you, we've been locked down for so long, who cares what day of the week the Addams is? Dolly Parton asked the Tennessee state legislature not to proceed with a bill to erect a statue of her in the state capitol. This will be the real test to see if politicians in the South can respect what a woman chooses to do with a statue of her body. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Aiello, and as always, I'm joined by my TMI Daily crew and some very special guests tonight. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with our guest, David, tonight. Say hello, David. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you might notice that Elizabeth isn't with us tonight, but don't worry. We have TMI Daily's number one fan, our Anna Navarro, on Fridays. But it is Thursday today, so we've got Danny joining us today. Say hello, Danny. It's pre-Friday. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I'm just excited that I found out some very close people to me that I haven't seen in a long time. 
are getting vaccinated this weekend. So I'm so excited because that's just counting the days where we can hang out again. Oh, that's wonderful. Pete. Um, I just wanted to say that it was really cold this morning in, in L.A., but uh, instead of uh, leaving the state and going somewhere else, I decided to stay in California and do my job, unlike some other people. Very good thing. <laughs> so. Hi, everyone listening on Google Podcasts. I'd like to uh, shout out a huge congratulations to NASA and JPL and especially all my friends at JPL for the landing of uh, Perseverance on Mars. We're going to get some really great information about that. This is the most uh, advanced exploration yet. So, uh all for that. We've that way to go, America. We've got the technology to put something on Mars, but not to keep a politician from shirking his duties. <laughs> and Chris. Well, what's up, everybody? Happy uh, 18th day of Black History Month. We've made it so far in. I know some of you are counting down the days. We're almost there. Just hang on tight. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got a great. I got a great email today that told me because of Black History Month, I can own a digital copy of Fruitvale Station for four dollars and ninety nine cents. So I want to personally thank you, <laughs> Chris. I, I noticed you had a look. Did you, did you not know how many days into Black History Month we were? Yeah, I had to. Re- I, had to I had to reiterate because I was going to say eighteen, but I was like, what if it's the nineteenth? And I'll be like a dumbass. So let me make sure it's. Yeah, yeah you, you can't take a day away from you. That's our job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so let's start tonight's show. Tonight, we are very happy to have a special guest panelist with us. He is an award-winning music composer and the host of the podcast, Piecing It Together. Please welcome David Rosen. David, we're really excited to talk to you about music, but first, we wanted to discuss your podcast because it's a really interesting concept. Can you please tell our audience about Piecing It Together? Sure. So uh, Piecing It Together is a movie podcast, but we have a a different kind of uh, format in which uh, a guest and I, we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies might have inspired it. Uh, So, for example, we take a look at a movie that just before we started this, we actually just recorded an episode on Malcolm and Marie. And so, for example, we talk about uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. We talk about Marriage Story. We talk about Revolutionary Road, um, a bunch of other movies where people scream at each other for two hours. And so <laughs> those are the kind of things that uh, that we do on the show. And and it's, it's a fun, different way of talking about movies. And this way we can uh, both review the current release while also ending up talking about lots of other favorites along the way. So then just to um, just to clarify something, you don't talk about like the recycling of new projects, right? Like of new movies. It's correct. For like recycling a movie, like the idea, is that what you mean? Right. right. Yes. Yeah. No, it, to us, it, yes, everything has been done. Sure. But new movies are great, just like old movies. And it's just it's you know, attacking different themes in different ways. Uh, there are evergreen topics that need to keep coming up throughout the history of movies. And so uh, we're celebrating the the similarities with other movies that we could talk about. Okay. Yeah. And the reason that I asked is because, you know, Hollywood loves to recycle old movies. So that's sure. why I'm asking that. So can you give the audience an example of a recent movie that was clearly influenced by another film? 
Well, there's that the Malcolm and Marie one I was just saying, but then, uh, you know, for example, Tenant it was a big, you know, yeah. movie over this last, you know, six months. And so with that, we talked uh, a little bit about, you know, it's it's impossible to talk about Christopher Nolan without talking about his other projects. So we talked about Inception, which it very much is similar to. We also yeah. talked about the James Bond movies because it's basically like a James Bond movie with a big, heavy sci-fi element. Also talked about The Matrix because it's trying to, you know, push forward tech and in this big, huge new way, whether or not it's successful, that's up to whether or not you enjoyed the movie. Uh, but yeah, the, those are the ways that we end up bringing these other movies into the conversation. Okay. So let me ask you this. So what would be a good example of a film that you thought was better than the film that inspired it? And also one that was much worse than the one that it's inspired? Ooh, that, that's tough. Um, well, I got a, a good one for much worse. Uh, I would go with The Tax Collector with Shia LaBeouf. And, uh, you know, l- looking looking back at something like Training Day as a really good example of two people driving around in a car and getting into uh, getting into stuff you know, in, in crime and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I think that that's an example of much worse. As far as much better, um, trying to think of a good example off the spot. I mean, well, I, not to go right back to exactly what I was just talking about, but but Malcolm and Marie, I, I love Malcolm and Marie, by the way. I was a little glib with saying people yelling at each other for two hours, but I actually love this movie. And uh, I would say that it is a better version of watching people fight for two hours than Marriage Story was, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how do you feel about sequels and remakes in your own personal opinion? I, I'm torn on it. You know, I, on one end, you know, most of my favorite movies are like, you know, indie films with more original ideas and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm still giddy from this morning from watching the new Mortal Kombat trailer. And so I, I'm just as excited for remakes and sequels and all that stuff, you know, as, as anyone who watches all the big major blockbusters and that stuff. So it, I, I just don't want it to take the resources out of the room for the smaller movies. To be fair, though, from the old Mortal Kombat movie, that's not really a huge, you know, bar to get over. That so. is very true. The first movie was actually not that bad. It's oh, the come second on. One. The second, the one, second is one was really bad. Awful. The first one, at least they tried. They at least they yes. tried. <laughs> and we got the song from the first one. So. Yes, we did. <laughs> so before we move on to talking about music, does anybody have any questions for David about his podcast or movies in general? Because I saw this on the news the other day. Um, What do you think about the new remake that's being done for The Wizard of Oz? That's an interesting one because, you know, the last one is so long ago that things are going to be so different. But it's it's also it's such an iconic movie that it's it's hard to remake something that is so ingrained in the culture like that. So, yeah, that's going to be a very difficult one to pull off. I mean, I know uh, similarly along those lines, they're they're making a new Willy Wonka movie. And it's like, how do you again? I didn't know that. that? Yeah. (laughs) Another one. Yeah, they're doing another one. And it's like, how how do you continue that and not and and like pave your own way? Just don't let Tim Burton do it. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't say about that. I, that's a, that's a tough movie. The original one's a tough movie to to because you know you, you I think you've seen it as a kid and it just ingrains in your head even more because the movie itself, that original movie, uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, was not a huge hit when it came out. 
Right. It was when it went to television and all of us as kids watched it that it became huge and it became iconic. But I mean, I, I'm not a fan at all of the Burton one. So I can't, I mean, who are you going to get to make it different? Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 a hard Michael task, Bay. that's for sure. Get Michael Bay. Michael to get Bay. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a question. All right. So you've seen all these like kind of uh, niche movies come out, like the Emoji movie or like Angry Birds. And now there's an Uno movie. Why do you mm. think people keep taking chances on like this sort of like... I guess genre of movies like these like one-off kind of collections. Yeah, that's interesting. I I mean, I think they're all chasing the Lego movie is what it is the real answer to that question because the Lego movies are so freaking successful. And so it's like, if we could turn another thing that has no business being a movie into such a big hit, like the Lego movie was, I, I really think that that is why they're, they're trying to just mine movies from things that don't need movies. I'm sure there's gonna be a zoom movie soon. Oh my! Well, they already has been. I think they just came out with one called uh, "Lockdown." Yeah, with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is it wasn't bad. It was, it was right. decent. It was decent. So there's a chance for a TMI movie. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I don't know. They're making a Uno movie. They can make a movie about I, us. I want right. to see Wish the movie. First of all, the budget would be really low. <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't be what you expect it to be when you wanted to. Right, it, it'll come. It'll come four months late. <laughs> but here's the fucked up thing about it is right. Like they make a movie like that for like five hundred dollars, and then it makes like two billion at the fucking box office. I, and now we got a sequel going. I will admit, <laughs> if they made Wish the movie, I would go see it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem: is somebody would go see it out of irony, and they would just collect so like all this so money. The problem then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See. <laughs> So, David, I, I know that, like, you know, if you, if you try hard enough, you can combine, like, any, like, you could find, like, the genesis of any movie from somewhere else. But are there any movies that you've watched, not, maybe whether it be part of your podcast or just in general, that it's really hard to say that this didn't, this isn't derivative off of something else? Like, it's just so original an idea that, that there's really not, like, a starting point for it? I I would say that that hasn't happened uh, for the reason of it being so original. Um, There are certainly movies that are that feel unlike anything else, but there's always something that could connect it, whether it's like a theme or or just, you know, a style or or, or some something about the movie could be connected somehow. Uh, The thing that makes it hard is sequels, because if we if we just got done, you know, talking about wonder woman for example a few years ago and then the new wonder woman comes out like to be able to find other influences that aren't just the exact same movies that influenced the first one uh that that could be a little tricky sometimes so so sequels it's like it's just continuing a string of influences for another two hours and so that sometimes that can make it a little tricky Mm -hmm. have you done the uh wonder woman uh, sequel for the podcast yeah, we did. Um, yeah, because I really did. I don't know. Like, just to see as, no, just to see as an, as an agreement here. No, I want to see as an agreement here because I really thought that that whole kind of opening battle scene in the mall really had. a I mean, it, obviously, I think somebody who when they did that had a, a total love for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I sure. totally got a Fast Times thing on that. Even the camera angles were very the same when they were in the mall. So. 
Yeah, that that was definitely trying to uh, lock into that whole 1980s theme that the movie was going for, and then they completely forgot about it from that point forward. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. Yeah, you had about a hot 15 minutes of good movie, then after that, they just say, "Hey, I would have liked whatever. it if they kept it the, if they kept the the whole 80s things going and just like, like doing these other like you know homages to different iconic 80s movies that you'd see in there." But then they it just so like I said, it just disappeared and it became a eh, DC man movie again. Mm. I actually have another question. Um, you know, th- we, we talk about how movies all kind of come from something before, but then every so often there's a movie that'll come out that actually is just, is just saying this is, this was made as a tribute to something else. Like, like you look at like La La Land or um, you're, a few years back, the movie Down With Love, which was kind of like a derivative of uh, Pillow Talk. And it was trying to be that style of movie or the artist, you know, being that it was trying to do a silent film. Like, are those, is that, is it almost now an original concept to try and actually do something that was probably just a normal concept 50, 60 years ago? Or have we reached that point now? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think, I think it is definitely, uh, it, it, it's a worthy thing to introduce, you know, a new, a new audience to those kinds of ideas that maybe they wouldn't have seeked out, you know, the, those older movies and they should, you know, audiences should seek out these older movies. I mean, there's, there's a big debate going on on, you know, film Twitter right now about people, you know, mostly jokingly saying that they don't watch movies before 1975, but it is what the conversation is. And, you know, yeah, of course people should be watching older movies, but, if these filmmakers can, you know, at least bring some of those ideas into the future, maybe people, you know, maybe people that listen to my show will then go back and check out the older ones as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So David, we also want to talk to you about your music career. You're a composer. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your work? Sure. I, uh, I, I compose music for film and commercials and, and things like that. Basically anything that needs background music. Uh, I, I've been doing that for almost 20 years and working on just all kinds of like weird little projects and, and short films and some feature films as well. And uh, I've had my music licensed in TV. And, uh, and then along with all of the work that I do you know, for specific projects, I also uh, create instrumental music that I put out as, as albums. They're albums of these like instrumental songs that are kind of live somewhere between electronic music and new age and alternative mm-hmm. rock. They, they kind of blend a lot of different influences together uh, into the kind of music that I put out. But I, I have uh, six albums out now uh, of that kind of music. My most recent one is actually self-titled. It's just called David Rosen. It came out in October of last year. Okay. So much like what you talk about on your podcast, music is often inspired by the music that came before it. Does your work have any music inspirations or anything that any music prior to what you created that inspired it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, film score, you know, some of some of the great composers inspire my work. But a lot of my inspiration, though, comes from a lot of alternative music. Uh, I'm a major fan of The Cure and Depeche Mode. Uh, Those would be my two biggest influences. Also, Nine Inch Nails, which, of course, Trent Reznor is now one of the biggest composers working, which is the craziest career transition like ever. Uh, It just scored Pixar's soul this past year and it's a great score but who would have ever thought the front man of Nine Inch Nails would do that 
Um, but yeah, a, a lot of a lot of music from the world of alternative, but also like hip hop. I'm I'm big into like stuff like Wu Tang and stuff like that. So so a lot a lot of that like like the grittier type of sounds that that someone like the RZA would use. That that's definitely crept into a lot of uh, the, the kind of music that I put together. And then uh, just, you know, a lot of classic stuff as well, you know, all, all the classic rock and the Michael Jackson and just all, all, all the, the best stuff. Everything kind of creeps in a little bit here and there. Dude, the RZA's music, the stuff that he does in film, like the Kill Bill soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Crush it, man. It's Amazing. so good. You know, I'd make the same argument for Reznor as I would with Danny Elfman. I think when Danny Elfman started it, uh, our, my generation was sure. the same way. It's like, what? Danny Elfman, uh, you know, and he killed right. it. So. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I was interested because they announced that he's doing the um, the music for the next Doctor Strange movie. And then a lot mm. of people were like, no, we really like the move music from the first one. We think it's going to be a huge difference. So uh, your your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I always like hearing Danny Elfman and especially with Sam Raimi involved. Uh, the, the two of them together. I mean, why not? They should yeah. be working together. I mean, I figured yeah. that's why Danny is involved in the second one because yeah. of Raimi. Yeah, but uh, exactly. do you think it's going to be a, a, a different tone than the first movie? You know, to be honest, I don't even with those Marvel movies, they kind of all run together a little bit. I don't even really remember the score from Doctor Strange, the first one. So I, it's going to be a fresh slate for me. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Actually, uh, that kind of brings up a, a, an interesting question. I, I remember when I first started, um, when I started deciding that to, to write as a career, uh, which was a little bit later on in my uh, in my life, um, and I started noticing that when I was going to movies that I was picking up on some of the things that were written, that were in the script, that, that maybe were writer's choices, um, as opposed to before then when I would just watch a movie for watching a movie. Do you find yourself, when, when you're watching a movie, do you hear the score sometimes and think to yourself, oh, well, that, that's an interesting thing to do right there, or maybe I wouldn't have done it this way? Does it ever like, dis like disrupt your, your pleasure of actually watching a movie? I don't think it ever disrupts me in any way, but I definitely do pick up on things where I'm like, oh, I got to I got to kind of play around with an idea like that. You know, it went next time I'm working on something because, yeah, definitely little little uh, little things like that, little elements definitely become inspirations for for future music that I work on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we move on to the next segment, I want to ask you one final question about this um, and I want to hear your opinion. We've asked a lot of music people if they consider film composers to be the modern day equivalent of classical composers. What's your thought on that? Yeah, that's that's a complicated question because I, I do think that it's probably is uh, an accurate assessment of, of where music is now. I think that they kind of are uh, the, the, the modern equivalent of that. But at the same time, there are still people composing you know, classical style music. It's just nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, that's too reductive, but, but not a lot of people are listening to it. You know, it's definitely become just such a small niche thing that uh, you really just don't hear about those kinds of artists. And so I do think film composers, as far as that kind of, you know, grand, big orchestral types of music, that that's where that music lives now. Okay. Okay, so David, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on tonight was because of our next topic, which we thought that you might have some interesting insight into. A recent study published by the website Music and Science shows how music is closely linked to memory and emotion. The best example of this comes from a video that went viral a few years ago. 
of the reaction to music of an elderly Russian woman suffering from advanced Alzheimer's who was a ballerina in her youth. Let's take a look. So without getting too technical, the study showed that we all have something called musical reminiscence bumps, which is music that attaches itself to, itself to us either consciously or unconsciously because of a specific event or moment in our lives. Basically, what it means is that we don't favor music from earlier in our lives because we think it's better than music from another era. It's actually because music is closely link linked to personal memories. So does that make sense to any of you on the panel? Or does anyone disagree with that? I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So prior to today's conversation, was there any one specific type of music or era of music that you strongly favor over others? Anybody want to share? Uh, Chris? Uh, you know what? And for, at the sake of uh, uh, losing more points in my black card that I've already had <laughs> <laughs> on this show over several weeks, uh, you know what, I, I, even though it's like hard to listen to now because of how whiny the music is, but like anything by Dashboard Confessional was like my wheelhouse for a while because of like who I was hanging around with in high school. And like, that was the music that we were listening to, like any kind of like, uh, like those like, uh, like basically slip my wrist type bands. <laughs> like any of that was like, that was like my jam. That was my jam. So anytime I hear anything about Dashboard, it just kind of brings me back to like 2004. My Chemical Romance? Is that My Chemical Romance is fun, yeah. Uh, Fallout Boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sayo, fucking all that shit. Uh, the used, all that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Pete, what about you? Well, it's interesting because I think if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have said like the music from the mid 80s. Um, but a little bit, you know, uh, I guess as times passed, I, I've kind of grown more fond of the music that came out in the early to mid 90s. And, and I think the reason why, I, at least from what I what I can gather, is that a lot of the stuff that I liked in the 80s seemed like it was testing a new sound, whether it was uh, alternative music like new wave like David was saying, Depeche Mode, The Cure, they were testing sounds and, and then they eventually, it seemed like by, by the end of the decade, they'd kind of figured out what their sound was going to be and it kind of, it evolved into something bigger. Same thing with R&B music, which I think, you know, when you had like Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross and artists like that in the 80s, um, people kind of took their their blueprint and kind of like created a, 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 a I wouldn't say a better version of it, but a, a stronger version of it in the early 90s. So I think the, the, the early to mid 90s, um, definitely in in modern rock and R&B would be my favorites, uh, you know, if I had to pick a genre. Mm -hmm. Okay, Danny, what about you? Um, I, I like all types of music, but that question, like if you were on a deserted island and only had one CD or whatever, what would it be? It'd be the best of Motown. 
I love Motown music. It's my favorite genre of music. I've seen the Motown musical a few times and I'm in the aisles dancing. It's just a lot of the songs. It's just, they, they just make you feel good, you know? And that's what I like about music. Now I like listening to music that makes me feel good. And I'm starting to like really listen to the lyrics because there's some songs out there that are beautifully written, but if I had a big one genre, it'd be Motown. Danny, when you're dancing in the aisles, does anybody yell, sit back down? No, because I'm usually in the at the very top at the Pantages, <laughs> you know, and I purposely wait until like I know nobody's sitting behind me, and I go, you know, right That's there. I'm, yeah, I'm good, Daddy. <laughs> I, I hate those people. Who's, you know, what? I don't mind the people in the theater when they dance, when everybody stands up at the same time. But there's always that one person who's like two mm-hmm. rows in front of you who decides to get up and start dancing, and it's, she's usually about 84 years old, and you can't say anything because it's like, well, okay, she's standing. That's amazing, um, and and then you feel bad about it, but then you can't see the show any longer because all you're noticing is the 84 year old woman dancing two rows in front of you. That you can't say anything. <laughs> Because, you know, she's old, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know what the fuck to think about it is, it's so, like, she has, like, more stamina than you. Like, she's, like, dancing in, like, five straight songs. You get, like, two in, and you're, like, how's oh, <laughs> she doing this? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, you know what? Most people want the, the pandemic to end because they, you know, want the suffering to end. <clears throat> I want it to end because... You know, unfortunately, right before the pandemic started, Veronica dragged me to go see Michael Bolton. And that was the last live show I saw. And and I think we may have been the youngest people there by about 40 years. And was <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there somebody on oxygen right in front of us during yeah. the show? <laughs> blocking us the whole show? I and, love Michael Bolton, but it was one of the yeah, worst. Yeah. Yeah. He only stayed for like an hour and then his backup singer stayed for like half an hour. So we left the stage. Went to lockdown two days later. So that was literally the last concert we went to. So, so it like has that. to end. Pandemic, the pandemic has to end so I could go see at least one more concert. <laughs> so I could say that my last concert was not Michael Bolton. Yeah. I want to go back in time and hear that conversation and how she convinced you to do it. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Because again, if somebody told me like a day before, you know, this could potentially be the last concert you ever go to, I would have said, no, we're not going. And also if they had said, you know, there's a really good chance you could get like a, a like a deadly disease here, I would have gone because this was literally, what, five days before we went into lockdown, right? Oh, wow. So, and and we the, were the, room, the lady next to us had just gotten out of the hospital because she said she hadn't been feeling well because I started talking to her <laughs> and she's like, you know, my I just got out of the hospital two days ago. I just wasn't feeling well. I had this respiratory illness. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so there, was, there, was, there was maybe 2,000 people in the auditorium. I'd say 1,900 of them are dead right now. Because they were all, they were all like 80 years wow. old. And you know, there's no way you know, to survive. It, could, it could have been worse. You could have been to a John Bolton concert. So... <laughs> That's who came out after he left. That's who. That's who. That's who the backup singer is. John. <laughs> okay, so going back to then, what kind of music you prefer, David? What about you? Do you have any preference? I'm I'm kind of like locked in for the past like five six years now, and and this sucks. I really need to like kick myself out of it. But I listen to like eight artists like on repeat, and that's all I listen to. Now, like if I'm on a road trip or something, then you know, then playlists come on, and then I actually get out of my comfort zone a little bit. But yeah, I'm kind of at this point where I don't know if it's an age thing or what it is, but I only listen to the same music over and over again. It's like maybe a hundred songs total. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really need to make a change to that. 
Yeah. Joe, what about you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, 70s and 80s rock. But I, I kind of, it falls back to the fact that my sister was 12 years older than me. And her, to have an excuse to go out, she would say, oh, I'm going to take Joe to the mall. So she would drag me along and we would be riding in her Volkswagen. And I would hear all the stuff that she had either on the AM radio or on the A-track. And then I would get dropped off at the mall. And that's basically where I got a lot of my my musical start was through all that stuff. And then, of course, later on, as I, you know, in the 80s, as, as I got a car and stuff like that, that was kind of what me and the buddies, you know, listened to. So, I mean, that's kind of where, where it, it stands. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, because I love all sorts. I love tons of music. I think yeah. I listen to the most eclectic shit out there. So, Yeah, I love music as well. And it was hard for me to just think of, like, one genre. Right. It's, I mean, if you, once we go through our list, I mean, you'll see. It's like, it goes from, like, here to there. So, okay, so we wanted to test this theory. So, prior to the show... We asked the panel that without thinking in advance to write down their 10 favorite songs ever and then go back and see if these songs can be traced to something from their past. So let's see what we got. Okay, did everybody do their assignment? <laughs> okay, I got to so, make sure I remember it. Hold on, I'm sorry. Okay, I have my list as well. So who wants to start? Do you guys want me to start? I just want to preface with, with something, and I didn't want to put this in the notes because I didn't want anybody to to like try and try and curtail the notes from being right. Uh, but according to the study that they did, they said people over 40, 10, and they, they, they um, more than, more than usually um, pick music that is literally from their lifetime. Uh, meaning that, that the songs that are going to be on the list are probably going to be songs that happened at some point during their actual life, that they came out during that point. Um, whereas people under 40 have a tendency to pick music that, that has meaning to them based on things that happen at times. So like, say, if you were if you're 35, but, you know, when you were 12 years old at a school dance, you heard like Casey and the Sunshine Band, which may have come out before you were born, um, that like that song might still resonate as a favorite song so so let's see if that plays out because we have I, we're multi-generational here on on here there's because there's people in the 30s 40s and 50s uh on the screen so this should be interesting okay so let me hear your list first and then i'll go last so david let's start with you sure and just to preface it i mean it it's impossible to pick right. my top 10 this right. is just 10 great songs that i thought of off the top of my head so okay. uh the cure open uh, the Ravenettes, Gone Forever, The White Stripes, Hello Operator, Ghostface Killer, Assassination Day, nice. Depeche, Mode. <laughs> Depeche Mode, Policy of Truth, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Wish, Michael Jackson, Thriller, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, U2, One, and Mob Deep, Shook Ones, Part Two. Okay, so it, do any of those songs, um, are they tied to any particular mer- memories that you want to share with us? I don't think so. The closest thing I would say would be the hip hop ones, just riding around with my friends in high school. So, I mean, definitely that would be a thing. Obviously, being a kid in the 80s, I'm 40. So, you know, I was born in 1980. And uh, being a kid in the 80s, stuff like Michael Jackson, Thriller and Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, that was like huge then. And then, you know, college would be the Ravenettes and the White Stripes. Um, You know, of course, I got The Cure and Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails in there because they're my three favorite bands. But um yeah, I don't think there's any one particular thing, though, that uh, kind of links them together. Okay. All right. Who wants to go next? Let's go. Okay, Pete, let's hear you. Okay. So uh, 
strangely enough, and again, uh, I just the way that they said to do this was to literally just pretend you had a stopwatch on you and you weren't and you didn't have time to actually think out the songs. So just write down the first songs that come to your brain. And then when I got to 10 songs, I stopped. And right away, the idea that if you're over 40, that you pick only songs that came out while you were alive was 100 percent true for me. Um, My songs were I Want You Back by the Jackson Five. Tainted Love by Soft Cell, This Must Be the Place by the Talking Heads, Gotta Be Real by Cheryl Lynn, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, What a Fool Believes by um, um, Doobie Brothers, Human by the Human League, Sweet Love by Anita Baker, How Long by Ace, and Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Um, And it's funny because... Those songs, for the most part, I think have been my favorite songs for as long as I can remember. But when I actually kind of look at them now and, and kind of analyze them by what this, this study said, I realized that, um, that Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is probably my favorite song, that came out about the same time that I got my driver's license um, when, I was, when I was 16. And so, and, and, and I have a distinct memory of, of taking my car. Um, one of the first things I did with my car is I went to see a Mets game. They want, this is when they were good. So it was actually okay. Um, and, and, and the song was really, really popular at that time. So I just remember that that kind of fit in with that. Um, and I want you back. I was two years old when I went to see the Jackson five perform at Radio City Music Hall. And then I think I was three when I went to see them at, at Madison Square Garden. So that probably kind of fit in with that. Uh, the song How Long by Ace is from 1974. And when I was when I was around that age, uh, my family used to own a home in the Hamptons in New York. At, you know, they, it was a shared home with, with my aunt and uncle and, uh, and uh, some family friends. And that song is very and every time I think of that song, I think of that place which is really interesting. And the only song that was weird that I was like, I'm trying to figure out why this song, you know, doesn't, it doesn't seem to have one memory that's attached to it because Sweet Love and Human both came out about the time I graduated from high school. Um, so, and they're, they're the only two songs that came out in the same year, 1986. Um, but the only song that I was like, okay, well, this doesn't kind of fit with the rest of them because it doesn't have a specific memory to it. Um, and that was This Must Be The Place by Talking Heads. And I was thinking to myself, well, what is this? What, you know, where do I remember hearing the song first? And then I realized, I, even though I had the album Speaking in Tongues that it came from, I don't remember being a huge fan of the song until I saw the movie Wall Street in 1987. And this song was the song that plays over the end of the film. And then it got to this weird place because my father is very much like Gordon Gecko was because my father was um, an investment banker in the 80s. And that might or might not have something to do with it. So maybe when you tie everything in, every one of these songs somehow or another does attach itself to something that happened in my life. Mm -hmm. Interesting enough. Okay. Joe, what about you? Okay. This is an interesting list. Uh, Again, because there's so much music that I like, but when when you said just do top 10, just do 10 out of your head. So uh, Life on Mars by David Bowie. Isn't It Time by The Babies, Car Wash by Rose Royce, uh, She's a Beauty by The Tubes, uh, Drive by The Cars, Ophelia by The Band, uh, Shoot the Thrill by ACDC, uh, You Make My Dreams Come True by Holland Oates, and uh, Panama by Van Halen. Um, you can see a trend there, but like I said, 70s and 80s kind of rock kind of thing going, but... Um, 
the, the one that I think really, well, there's two that really like, there's a memory involved in it. And again, uh, Panama is right around the time that I was driving too. So, and that's, I, that is really one of the best songs to drive a car to. <laughs> I mean, heck, they roll the car into the recording studio to, to record the exhaust on it. So, I mean, uh, straight up. And that's where that came from. And then, well, She's a Beauty by the Tubes, I think, sticks with me because it was the start. It was the early start of the MTV era. And I specifically remember that the drummer had a had a drum set that had uh, the, the two bass drums had like nipples airbrushed on them. And then MTV had to cover them over. They had to censor them, <laughs> which was really funny. And so that, that video kind of sticks in my head. Um, uh, and then the other, only other one I, I, that really is a memory attached to it was uh, uh, Drive by the Cars. And, and that had to deal with um, uh, getting – really did have to deal with getting somebody home that needed to get home. So, all right. Joe, let me ask you though. Every one of the songs that you picked, that was you were alive when the song came out, right? Um, I mean, yeah. Like I didn't hear it when it actually came out. Like some of it I heard late. Like there's no way that I heard "Life on Mars" or "David yeah, Bowie." I was too little, or but, like I mean, that. But, saying, they, but they yeah, all, they're all within there. But that doesn't mean separated. like like I had. It's really funny because you mentioned that because uh, I don't have anything on here. But I was on a big like '50s doo-wop kick in high school too, so I listened to a bunch of that. Stuff, and I know all the like if you start playing them, I know them right away. But they weren't on my top ten list, so yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Danny, what about you? Um, starting with number ten and going down to number one, we. <laughs> We have um, Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations, uh, Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton, Too Close by Next, uh, Dance with My Father, Luther Vandross, Faith, George Michael, Dilemma, Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland, Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode, Poison, Belle Biv DeVoe, Cry Me a River, Justin Timberlake, and at number one, Every Little Step by Bobby Brown. Hey. Wow. And that's you know, like your top song, like your favorite song. It really is. It was the first um, cassette uh-huh. I bought for myself. And the whole album just mesmerized me. It kind of pushed me to really love music more than I did at that time. And I kept going back to this age is me, music plus, <laughs> you know, to buy music. You know, that was my favorite spot to go to. I would buy cassette singles as well. You know, and I still have them too, somewhere around here. But yeah, all those songs have a special significance, particularly Dance with My Father, because it came out a few months after my dad passed. So that song was really meaningful to us because it really helped cope with that. Who I'm not going to get emotional right now. It really helped us cope with his sudden. You know, it would be good for, our, for, for a viewership if you did get emotional on time. No, <laughs> ugly crying. Um, and even with Dilemma. Um, the last place I saw my dad um, that I spent time with him was at Universal. And a couple of years before his anniversary, I went to Universal, took the tram tour. And during the tram tour, they took you down what was now the Wisteria Lane. And they filmed the video right there. And that song just resonated. It was like the song, you know, that, that just spoke to me that day. And so every song on here, you know, and Cry Me a River is the one song I wish I could have written. You know, because everything about that song, the production, the lyrics, everything, I just, I, I enjoy. Well, you should date Britney Spears. 
She's a little toxic, no pun intended. Well, what was the name of that store that you went to that you got your first? Music, Music Plus. Music Plus. Did you say it was a cassette or a CD or what? Cassette. 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 Yeah, mine was Sam Goody, dude. <laughs> oh, God, I hated Sam Goody. I You could listen to the album before you bought them. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a great yeah. thing about Sam Goody. You could listen to it first. Yeah. Where'd you, you go, Crazy Eddie? at the Eddie? warehouse as well. Where'd you yeah. go, Crazy Eddie? Oh, I loved Crazy Eddie. Yeah. The, the, the prices were insane. The prices were insane. <laughs> For the Wiz, that was that was big. The Wiz, music. yeah, but the Wiz got like out of hand. Like the Wiz was like, yeah, it was just too much. There was a lot of Wizzes in really bad areas, like where I went to high school for my, before they kicked me out of my first high school. Um, there was a Wiz that I literally th- would would run into the store and literally run out of the store because I was afraid of being in the area where it was. <laughs> They, 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 never, they put it was like white castles. They put they put the whizzes in white castles in, in the same area. See, I, I lived in New Jersey and Sam Goody was in every mall. So you'd say, oh, where'd you get that CD or where'd you get that cassette? Because it was cassette starting. It goes, oh, I got Sam Goody. Oh, which one? Menlo Park Mall, Woodbridge Mall, Bridgewater Commons Mall. Like, like you know, which mall? Faith was the first karaoke no. song I ever did. So Say what? Faith. Was the first karaoke song I ever did. Yeah, video that, Danny, because we'd like to show it on the show one day. No, absolutely not. He can uh, play the instrumental right now, Danny, if you'd like to. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see that or the dancing in the aisles. Everyone put in the comments if you want to see Danny do uh, Faith. We'll have him come back tomorrow (laughs) for the game show and do it. We're about to get bombarded with yes, yes, do it now. (laughs) Alcohol needs to be involved first. I think I know what our game show is tomorrow now. Just like the brass monkey. Chris. First of all, I just want to say, uh, Danny, like picturing you singing Dilemma is 100% in my mind adorable. So I think you, I think it need to see you do that for karaoke instead of faith. <laughs> all right. So it has been done. <laughs> it has, okay. This needs to happen. That's our game. I'll, I'll have to call my friend so she can sing along. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to do both parts. You got to do Nelly and Kelly Rowland. Well, I can't That's do Kelly's gonna be- part. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Maybe you should. Um, why don't you do the uh, Kelly Rowland part, Chris, and let Danny do uh, the Nelly. That would be even better. <laughs> that would be. That, I think we'd, we'd have our biggest numbers ever. No, nah, because I don't really like that song, and so I wouldn't do it justice. I would make his performance lackluster because I wouldn't be putting effort into it. <laughs> right, now, I don't really why I don't like that song is because when it came out, I was visiting. See, another memory. You're right. Memory attached to it. Because like, mm-hmm. when that song came out, uh, my cousin loved that song like loved the shit out of it and so he played that song literally on repeat for like six hours one day while i was visiting him and like after that I just, yeah because we were driving from uh 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 love love field uh california all the way to fucking tahoe and he played fucking dilemma the entire time i was like no son like this is and we've gotten our first request online the danny dance so <laughs> Well, that can happen. I just don't <laughs> No. All right. So my list is weird. It kind of goes all over the place, but mostly similar. So number one is uh, Do I Do by Stevie Wonder. Nice. And that, that just makes me think of my mom because like I, re- I used to hate the song because it's like 14 minutes long. For, it was just obnoxious. And my mom was the kind of mom that like you only listen to like we got to listen to our music on our time but if we were in the car with her it was only her music so like this is kind of how like i got into 70s 80s anything like that music but do i do just kind of reminds me of my mom because i knew when for sure we weren't gonna get to listen to our music when she played this song because that was like the longest song i thought of all time and then uh 
I got All My Life by KC and JoJo. Yes. It just reminds me of middle school dances. Uh, <laughs> when I thought I was romantic, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh man. You know, you sing this in the girl's ear. You was winning that day. <laughs> if you could sing. <laughs> and then I got Black Street, No Diggity. Because, uh, you know, who doesn't like that? It's good karaoke songs. It's fun. And also, you know, the 90s was the shit. Uh, then I got, again, I'm, I'm going to lose some of my black card here, but I got Back Here by B.B. Mac. <laughs> Is that only because we played it a couple of weeks ago? No, that's actually, no, because I've been a fan of B.B. Mac since, like, day one. Like, as soon as they hit America, they hit my ears, and I was like, oh, this is the shit. <laughs> I, I got a lot of shit from it for my boys, but you know what? Don't care, because I still will bang it to, to this day. Um, and then I got uh, O-Town, We Fit Together, which mm. is uh, a weird song, but it reminds me of, again... Trying to be smooth and like serenade a girl at her birthday party while we was in the limo going to the to eat. Uh, I don't know how good I did, but we definitely didn't get together, so that might give me <laughs> that might give you some some hints. Uh, and then so to jump different direction, I got Annie Up by M O M O P. That's my shit. It just like yeah. like dude, if you put that on during a workout, you're gonna fight somebody. It might be yourself, but. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna fight somebody. <laughs> uh, not that doesn't really have any uh, memory attached to that. I don't think. I can't think of anything. I just I don't know. Anytime I see it in my head, I'm just thinking of like a mosh pit. So that's my shit. Uh, <laughs> then I got uh, "Pump It Up" by Joe Budden. Uh, I like that song because it reminds me of uh, there's this video game called uh, Need for Speed Underground. I don't know if y'all remember that game back in the day, but it was like one of the coolest racing games of all time. It was like the, like the first time in a game you could like customize your car and make, basically it was like you could turn your car into what was Fast and the Furious. And Fast and the Furious like came out like that same year and then that game came out and then basically gave that power to us to customize our cars like the way we saw them in Fast and Furious. So like that always sticks in my head because I like Fast and the Furious. It's a fucking dope movie. The rest of them got ridiculous, but number one is always good. And I have a song, uh, Promises by Tyrese. That whole album, this first album that came out, just reminds me of being a kid. So that's where it that comes from. And then I got um, Rendezvous by Craig David, uh, which is a great song. Also, it's uh, one of those songs, too, like, it just reminds me of being a uh, kid. It's actually... It, it still hits me to the day because like this like the first time I went to California and then like that first time I visited California I knew I was going to live here at some point for some period of time and here I am so that's always the song that sticks out and then uh last song I have uh She Don't Have to Know by John Legend I had to pick that song I really like that whole album like that first album that came out with uh the reason why I like this song and that whole album uh Get Lifted is because that song helped me in two different ways. Uh, one, it helped me through my first deployment and simultaneously helped me through like my first, like really, really bad breakup. So like that's that album basically just got me through those two things simultaneously in one year. So that's always a shout out to the album. All right. Craig David's album, Born to Do It. Great album. Born to Do It. Great one. Born to yeah. Do It. Yeah. And you triggered a memory. Uh, All My Life was your high school's uh, Dance song, ours was Make It Last Forever by Keith Sweat. 
<laughs> what high school did you go to? Every that's way too advanced. Oh, wow! That clearly, so clearly, y'all Danny. were fucking in your high school. <laughs> that's a song of high school. Everybody was getting got in that one. <laughs> I forgot what they voted. The class before ours. I forgot what they voted as their class song. Sexual but, healing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it gets it gets better. They got together in April and changed their class song during the pep rally. They got they wrote a petition. They wanted to change their song to "Knocking Boots." <laughs> Jeez, yo y'all, yo, wow, so eighteen pregnancies that y'all have in your high school because y'all were fucking. <laughs> Up to everyone at LA High. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's why. <laughs> Danny, by it, any chance, did you go to a high school from Boys in the Hood? Yeah, like, <laughs> what high school? Uh, is it still like that now, Danny? Because Chris and I want to open up like a condom and plan B stand outside. <laughs> well, right uh, now it's closed. <laughs> was, was, your, was, your, was your prom sponsored by Newport cigarettes? <laughs> no. And I'll say that our prom, we planned, I was class president and we planned our prom in 10th grade and started paying for it. Our prom was at the Queen Mary. That's good. To be fair, Danny, I'm giving you a lot of shit, but I lost my virginity inside my high school. So, hey, you know, get out here, baby. (laughs) Was that a TMI Daily exclusive from Chris? I think so. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Okay, so my list is all over the place as well. And I just, I realize that I just, I love old music, so oldies. So um, the first one I have is I Want to Hold Your Hand by The Beatles, Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, Summer of 69, Brian Adams, Brown Eyed Girl, Van Morrison, Out in the Street, Bruce Springsteen, Tiny Dancer, Elton John, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns and Roses, Friday, I'm in Love by The Cure. I'm a Believer by the Monkees and I'll Be Loving You Forever by New Kids on the Block. And one of the things that I noticed when I was going through my list and I was telling Pete earlier today is a lot of like the old songs, like the Billy Joel, Elton John, reminds me of road trips that I would do with my family up north. Like, you know, because I grew up in a bilingual household. So I listened to both Spanish and English music. My father loved Billy Joel, Elton John. Like, you know, that's why I love them so much now. But every time we would drive up north, we would listen to Elton and Billy Joel. That's all that was in the car. That's so that's definitely tied to that. Um, summer of 69. And I'm thinking of when I first started driving, I used to like, you know, put Brian Adams in my car and I would just roll down the window. And also the very first road trip I did to Las Vegas, like with just friends, we had the summer of 69, that whole album just playing over and over again. So it's interesting how you just remember certain things when you're, you know, going through the songs also, um, I'm a believer by the monkeys. I used to watch the monkeys in the morning before going to school. They used to play them on, it's on I think it was like, yeah, eight, yeah, like and that's just kind of like ingrained in me too. And then finally, um, on our, when we used to do the high school dances, you know, even though I went to high school in the nineties, it was, um, Friday, I'm in love. That was a song that would get everybody out on the dance floor too. And it was just, you know, a happy moment. So yeah, it's definitely, everything is definitely connected and Bruce Springsteen, I just, I just, I've always loved Bruce Springsteen. And I think, again, that was also my father's influence as well, because he loved Bruce Springsteen. And that's my favorite album of his, The River. So 
Veronica, interesting question because I was in the same kind of boat with road trips, though. But uh, with the bilingual family, mm-hmm. uh, did you find that the that the Spanish music? Did you find that you were endeared to it, or did you, that it kind of, or you were you like it pushed you away from it? No, I. It, it's so funny because you know listening to the Spanish music. You know, I started getting into like a little bit of Spanish pop, which helped me, you know, with my Spanish. But my parents would always play like the mariachi music. And uh-huh. when I was a kid, I hated it. I was like, everything just sounds the same. I just couldn't appreciate <laughs> it. And as I got older, I started appreciating it even more because mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute, this is actually really beautiful music. And the album that actually got me into mariachi music was the Linda Ronstadt um, songs for my father that she recorded. When she didn't know any English, but her father wanted her to, you know, record an album in Spanish. When I first heard that album, that's when I just fell in love with mariachi music. And it was thanks to Linda Ronstadt. So. See, we were, I was in that same kind of boat. My dad had an A-track in the, in the car. We would go up to state New York, um, but they would listen to German music. Now, that's really, and I'm not talking about like oompa stuff. I'm talking about like Heino and stuff like that and all. And it really kind of pushed me away from it. And it wasn't until years later that I was like, well, you know. I started getting into like listening to it as a cultural thing, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's funny that, that that's why I asked because I know at the time it like pushed me against it. But then again, it was also two and a half hours in a car with no air conditioning listening. Now I know. Did you ever feel like invading Poland after one of those trips? What? Did you ever feel like invading Poland after one of those trips? Don't ask again. Um, Don't no, 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 absolutely not. I, I, I always believed after listening to that all you want is a little piece, a little piece of Czechoslovakia, a little, yeah. piece, of Poland, <laughs> a little piece. Of- <laughs> Sir. Sir. Oh, and I also want to add that you know the "I'll Be Loving You Forever" by New Kids on the Block. Well, hello, of course I have to love that song, but I used to think that Jordan Knight was singing it to me. So I would just lock myself in my bedroom with all my New Kids on the Block poster all over, you know. All over Veronica. the room, and I would literally think that he was singing that song. He's lying. She's still singing it to her. Yeah, she still thinks he's listening. She's, she's Wait, he's not? <laughs> Question. Yes. Well, what happened to his solo career, though? Let's talk about that. Oh, no. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. To be fair, he had one banger. He We're did talking have one about banger. good memories, Chris. We're talking about oh, good I, memories. He was good. I, I liked his solo career. I think he should have gotten better like accolades. That give it to you song. That's give it to you. I'm gonna say I got that on my Spotify right now, Veronica. Real talk. I got it right now. That's we'll a good, talk later, you know, Chris. <laughs> you know, the who's actually behind that song is the, the same same two people that created all of Janet Jackson's music, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They they wrote that song. That's probably why it's good, dude. It but but it's true what you said, you know, like growing up, I did not appreciate the Spanish music like I do now. I found a, a playlist on Spotify that I think you may have shared it with me too, 80s Latino. Mm-hmm. And and there's so many songs on there that just remind me of my childhood that I may not have appreciated then, but I sure do now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it's my just... parents' music too. Like anything from the 70s, I was like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to listen to it. But now, like, I put on Stevie <laughs> Wonder before I put anything from the 90s, you know? Uh, by the way, I, I like I like the mariachi stuff now too. I especially love when you the there's this one group out there that's, that actually does like contemporary like hits that you know but doesn't in with uh, like a mariachi form that's fantastic you know stuff like that or like uh um you know i i, I really but then again like i says my, my musical days goes crazy but i really appreciate it what they do is a lot of work so uh, uh it, it's it's really interesting you'd no be surprised what's out there style. in mariachi style yeah. hopelessly devoted to you i've seen a mariachi do it 
no one sings amazing. a no one sings a heartbreak song like a mariachi singer. No one ever yeah. like it's like it's in their body when they sing that <laughs> shit, and it's amazing. I I you'll cry every time, even if you don't understand what they're saying. You just you can feel the emotion coming off of them, and it makes you sad. Yeah. I've never heard them play uh, Frank Sinatra music. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. really impressive. Really good. Oh, yeah. so, David, do you have time to stick around for our final segment? We're playing a music game, or do you have sure. to? Okay, perfect. Okay, so since we, since we have been talking about music tonight, we thought we'd end the show seeing just how well we know the music that the kids are listening to. So here's what we're going to do. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few seconds of different songs on Billboard's current Top 40 chart. And we're going to ask questions about them and see just how hip we really are. Well, we're clearly not that hip. I just used the word hip, but that's not. Hey, as soon as you use the word hip, you just roll with it. it. Yeah, you fucked okay. that all up. <laughs> Okay, Look at the time. Got to go. Okay, so so I went through today's um, the list of the top forty songs in the country according to Billboard today, and I, a couple of observations really quickly of the songs. There's ten questions to this. I hated eight of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard them before this. <laughs> Well, I only liked two of them, um, and and all I kept thinking was, God, I wish Casey Kasem was alive so he had to announce a couple of these songs. Um, so so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. I'm gonna play about ten seconds of a song so Facebook doesn't shut us down like they did once before. Um, and then and then I'm gonna and then I'll ask you guys a question about it. most of these are multiple choice. There's a couple that are just a straight question to see if any of us are are um, uh, you know hip enough to understand what the kids are listening to today so so our first our first song this is this is this first song and don't don't answer before you you know if if you know the answer before i even play the song don't say it yet but this is the number one song in the country and it's also the song that had the most plays in a single day in the history of spotify so uh i'm gonna play you you can hear it right i know that David's bass is amazing. He's like, this is music? (laughs) It's not going in his 100 song playlist. (laughs) So, um, so, so, uh, does anybody know who that, what that song was or who the singer is? Not a clue. Yes, sir. Okay. Wait, Danny, Danny seems to think he's, he's hip with what the kids are into. What is it? Olivia Rodrigo driver's license. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why do you uh, know For extra credit, Danny, do you know the name of the, the uh, Disney show she was on prior to this? She was on a Disney show? There you go. Damn. <laughs> I Damn. happen to know that there is a song called Driver's License that's very popular, but that's about that's it. That's because I read it. <laughs> well, she was I just happened to see that. I, I had okay. happened to see the trending on Twitter when that <laughs> blew up, and it was just like, okay. So, so is that how you knew the song, Joe? Because you that's saw how. That's the only reason I knew the song. Oh, I started it. listening to it, and I was like, eh, "It wasn't exactly what I was hoping for." This like, is I the wanted driver's license to be like, "I got my license, let's drop it in my car." That's what I wanted. But <laughs> Pete, <you laughs> now I got, the "Oh, I miss you. I drive past <laughs> your house." <laughs> that's what it was. Well, it's it's mm. a huge hit, apparently. He sounds yeah. like falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lately, oh, there's you, a lot. You, there's a lot of morose songs. There are a lot of morose songs that are hitting right now, and I don't. I don't get it. It's maybe not it's a pandemic. Maybe it's like she's being bear hugged, and she's trying to sing through the bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So our next question: 
The song at number eight, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you. It's, uh, it's, it's, the name of the song is uh, Levitating, um, and it's a duet with Dua Lipa with one of three artists. But let me play um, the three the, the um, artists she does the song with, and then you tell me which one of these three artists it is, okay? I'm one of the greatest, ain't no debating on me. I'm still levitated, I'm heavily medicated. Ironic, I gave them love, and they end up hating on me. She told me she loved me, and she been waiting. Okay, so... That was, uh, again, the song's Levitating by Dua Lipa, and it's either Young Thug, Lil Yachty, or Baby. So uh, so does anybody want to tell me? Okay, wait, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, you're you trying to get points back? It's, it's definitely the baby. It's definitely Is the baby. Is that who you think it is? Yes, for well, sure. Well, you're right. It is Baby. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely he not was Young Thug. Yeah, yeah Young <laughs> Thug. You like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thug. <laughs> Cause his voice is high. It sounds like an off, off well, white. Like, you uh, how you know. I'm asking Joe how we Because oh. I, because I, because I rewrote your sketch about Young Thugs. That's why. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking funny. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> okay, I actually that song, the, the entire song is really, really good. Very good dance song. Now the next song I can't speak as highly of. Um, the song at number eleven is by CJ. Let's uh, check this one out. Okay. Bitch, I'm outside of some movie. Huh. Blue cheese. I swear I'm addicted to blue cheese. I gotta speak to this nigga like blue sleep. Bitch, I'm about my chicken like it's a two-piece. Wait. Is that what I'm saying about wings? It's a blue cheese. <laughs> Definitely. Is that what he, he's addicted to blue cheese? Oh, okay, yeah. well that's what he said. That's what now, I thought. Now I don't know if that's a metaphor for like the dollar, like the hundred dollar bills because they look blue now, or if he talk because he said I like my chicken. So I don't know if he's talking about hot wings or making money. I don't know. I'm confused now. Now. Now, okay, so it's a huge hit, obviously, because it's number eleven on the charts. So, is that song what what you know about love? No, sorry, what you know about love? <laughs> Guilty or good days? Anybody want to take? Oh wait, wait! Uh, I, it looks like uh, Danny had his hand up first. I believe that's Whoopty. How do you know that, Danny? What else? You'd be surprised. Do? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you say it's good or not, but I'm going to check this out because I think a song about hot wings really speaks to me on a personal level. I want to redo my top 10 right now, actually. Is it all about hot wings? Because (laughs) I'm down for that. (laughs) I'm I'm about to about to. It's actually kind of bops. (laughs) Okay, so we're moving on. The song at number 12, For the Night, is the second song on this week's countdown by the late Pop Smoke. Two songs in the top uh, top twelve, um, and it features two two artists with baby in their name. Let's listen to it. Yeah. Big rocks in the hood with the realest. Five K on a dinner, bring three hundred thousand to the dealer. Okay, so is that is the two babies? I'm going to give you the three names of three artists with baby in their name. You tell me which one it isn't. Is it Lil Baby, Da Baby, or Sada Baby? Anybody? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, Danny again. I've never heard of Sada Baby, so I'll say Sada Baby. That is correct, but Sada Baby is an artist. <laughs> I think I'm a baby <laughs> artist. Why would like, I put this game on again with you on? Like, I'm going like to I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be a rapper. I'm going to be top toddler. Oh, <laughs> they had to auto-tune him for that? It's like it's like they recorded some guy just like mumbling stuff, and then they like, oh, let's let's auto like like he was just like regularly talking, like he was in the car just talking about <laughs> this stuff, and then they auto tune to make it fit. Don't, the song. Don't, don't disrespect Pop Smoke. He's dead. 
Obviously, yeah, that was, he was probably just doing some insane rambling oh, from having COVID or something. I don't know. It's just damn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're moving on. This is this is probably the most traditional sounding song on the on here. There's oh, no thank God. <laughs> and Justin Bieber had two duets on the countdown. One is with Benny Blanco, and the other is with Chance the Rapper. Okay. Which artist is the duet partner on this song? I actually know this. <laughs> yeah, I got this. Okay, so Danny, you want to? Uh... It's Chance the Rapper. Yeah, you're right. That is it's so. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Just off the lyrics alone, like holy, I was like, oh, that's Chance. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how I knew who Chance the Rapper was because he, he was on the View once. <laughs> That's the only reason I knew who he was. I was like, oh, that's that's the guy from The View. <laughs> no idea who he is. <laughs> okay, so now, remember I was saying I only wish that Casey Kasem was alive so he'd have to announce one of these songs? This is one of them. So the song at number 17 is called Back in Blood. Um, let's listen to it first. Bitch, I got my own fight. I don't need security in the club. All they wolfing on the neck, nigga. I thought you was a thug. I ain't got nowhere to go. I shot up everywhere they would. Yeah, you know who took this shit from you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just... Because you got to think about this for a second. If if Casey had lived long enough, he would have had to have played this song on, on, on American Top 40. But, um, okay, so is Wait that... Wait what's the name of the song? It's called Back in Blood. Um, now, is that by Young Blue, Internet Money, or Pooh Shiesty? All three have songs on the chart. Some of them have multiple ones. Pooh oh, Shiesty! And I only no, know wait, Before you say anything, Danny, David, do you want to take a quick guess? <laughs> I, I don't know why I'd bother, so Danny, take okay, it away. So, Danny, go ahead. Because... Some of the research scientists across from me play this, and she introduced me to it. It's Pushaisty. It's Pushaisty, yes. Do you guys know? Wait, do you Did know you that Shiesty? Do you know that Shiesty is German for shitty? Shiesty is German for young shitty. His name is Pushitty. Like in Germany, his name is Pushitty. And it's. <laughs> This it's is like, part. This is like. And for our number seventeen song, we've got a dedication. Dear Casey, <laughs> I love my bitch ho so much. I want her to know how much love I got and how much cash I can give her. And so I want you to play "Back in Blood" for me by Pooh Shiesty. And so you know what, Big Ace, this one's for you. "Back in Blood" <laughs> by Pooh Shiesty, the number seventeen song in the country. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was so weird. Casey, Casey would like sit there, I think, for about a half hour beforehand, and he would actually try and like accentuate certain words. Casey? Like, because he'd always like, if it was, it was somebody writing to him, you had to accentuate Casey, and it would be, could you please play Back in Blood by Pushaisty? Like, like, I can't wait to call my mom this boss. weekend and tell her that there's a guy out there called Pooh Shiesty because she's going to yell at me. I, I think that would have been <laughs> if he wasn't already dead. Okay, so number we s- over the fact that a research scientist was playing this song. Yeah, I think we just we glossed over that. Whatever. No, we're not glossing over that. We're going to talk about that. That was just weird. <laughs> They're young. You can't make this shit up. See, this is the kind of hip hop that pisses me off because, like, this is like, like. 
Would you with a name like that? I feel like like white people are trying to fuck with us, just like to see like if, just to see if we'll notice that they're trying to pull one on us. You know, say so like, how about we let we'll make a guy named Pooh Shiesty famous? See how y'all feel about that? I'm like, that's what we're doing. Okay, <laughs> no, I don't accept it. Get okay, him off so the airwaves. We're going on to question number seven. We got three more to go. Oh, four more with this one. Uh, okay, so question number seven: Charlie Puth. Guess on the song I Hope at number 20. Let's play a little uh, bit of that song. I can. Not bad. Okay, so is well, that compared song... to Pooh Shiesty? I mean, I mean yeah, <laughs> it's, it's no Pooh Shiesty. Big follow up. That's a, that's a breath of fresh fresh air compared to Pooh Shiesty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is that song by Gabby Barrett, Coy Luray, or Kelsey Ballerina? Anybody? It's not I think I know this one. Wait, no, okay, David, David on this. Go ahead. Wrong. Is it Kelsey Ballerina? You just said that because that's the only name you knew in that group. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I saw that name on the XM thing once, and I said that must be. <laughs> so Chris, you had a choice. It's Gabby, right? Yes, it is. It's it's, it's 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 Gabby Barrett. Yeah. How did you know that? Because I've seen some of her videos on YouTube. Isn't she like? Didn't she win like one of the TV shows, Gabby Barrett, like like The Voice or something like that? I think she won no. one of those. Who would know? How would you actually know? I don't know. Okay, so the next song is not going to be a a multiple choice question (laughs) because this one should be a little easier for everybody because I'm going to give you a hint. My ex, my ex's best friend is uh, the song at number 28. Let's listen to a little bit of that. (laughs) And you can't have your hand up yet. We didn't even ask the question. (laughs) Go for it, bro. Now, this song is by by an artist who recently broke up a relationship of, of a celebrity couple. Does anybody else other than Danny want to answer it? <laughs> anybody? Okay, Go for it. Dad, Danny. It's Justin Bieber. I'm just. No, it's not. Isn't it Megan the Stallion? No, it's not. Ha! You know nothing. That's actually that was actually uh, nobody else wants to take a shot at it. That was Machine Gun Kelly. Didn't. Oh. <laughs> Oh, they were married, right? Uh, Megan Fox and uh, no, they Brian were never Wilson. actually married. Never actually married. They were never actually married. They were domestic partners, but they were never actually married. But he's got her blood in his uh, in his well, neck. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, which, which basically yeah, Billy Bob Thornton yeah, did that years ago, dude. Okay, so now the next song. I have to be completely frank with you when I tell you that I sort of listened to this song and I and I, I sounded like a 75-year-old man because I, I stopped the song and I said, these kids today are fucked. Like after I, I just, just because, that I bad, mean, huh? like you could not, this, this song, there's no part of the song I'm about to play that you could play on any normal radio station, on television, probably not even on cable. Um, it's, it's a haunting love ballad that at, at number 33, it's called Throat Baby. So... So hold on, let me. I'm gonna play you one of the sweeter parts of the song. My gosh. So I make you choke. Wait, that should have been on Pornhub's playlist, man. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? I mean, Fucking missed opportunity over here. He keeps talking about choking a woman in the song. <laughs> 
That's all the song is about is him choking her. Not only choking her, choking her with his penis. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So now, now that we've we've established that, is that by the? Uh, hey, hold on, Veronica's getting turned on. Relax, Veronica. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that known? But I'm sorry, I can't speak. Is that as the artist known as Moneybag Yo, BRS Cash, or Polo G? Oh, Moneybag Yo. BRS Cash. We learned, uh, we learned for a few weeks ago that the, the, all the all the new rappers are three letters and then something. So it's BRS Cash. <laughs> you know what, Joe? You're actually right. It's BRS Cash. <laughs> Yo, that's motherfucking funny. That's motherfucking hell. Remember, you remember we talked about that. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking it's so funny because when, when we were talking about how like songs from your your past end up being parts of the things you remember in the future. There's going to be some, at some point in like 30 years, some 40 year old guy going, I oh, remember throat, <laughs> throat baby. <laughs> like, remember how, remember how the good time we used to have when they played throat baby by BRS cash. It BRS cash. It's like, oh my you, God. UTI oh. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> one, day, one day there'll be people talking about how Pooh Shiesty really formulated their early years. <laughs> Who's shiesty, man? <laughs> that's my new. That's you know what? You know, that's my new. That's my new rap name. Top dollar toddler. But instead of dollar, the word dollar is going to be a dollar sign. Oh, Top nice. dollar sign toddler. That's my shit. And what was really funny is that, like, especially with Pooh Shiesty, uh, you know, you would think, okay, well, maybe this is just like this this one hit thing. He had five songs in the top hundred. What? I was like, wow, Pooh Shiesty's everywhere. What? I wonder, that's like, I wonder if that's like like. Germany and Austria like pushing him to the top. <laughs> see, that's some shit like that. You see shit like that. That's what makes me think of like those conspiracy theories where you see like these are like industry plants, like they're just here to like take our brain cells. Because like, there's no way that this dude should have five top like, hits. Like if I'm if, if I'm a guy living in Dusseldorf and I'm just going through like my, my serious and all that, and uh, an artist comes up and, and translate it when I read it is as poo shitty. I'm like, okay, I gotta listen to this, and that's how he gets on the charts, man. Because everyone's like, oh my god, this guy's the actual name is shitty. I gotta hear this. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably you know it's probably it's probably Germany playing the shit out of his songs because yeah, of that yeah. name and like. <laughs> Okay, so our final final one here. We're going to go a little country here. So uh, the, the country party song at number 35 is called Good Time. Let's listen to it. Okay, so is that by Nico Moon? Rit, Rit Momney, strangely enough, or Thomas Rhett? Anybody? Anybody? Nico Moon. Wait, hold on, Danny. I, I guess you have a scientist who listens to country. I listen to country, and it's not Thomas Rhett. It, never heard of the second one. I'll say Nico Moon. No, it's, it's got to be Nico Rit Moon. Moon. You're right. Is it Nico Moon? That is Nico Moon. Because I think the rule in the country music now is like if you have a normal name, your agent changes it to something totally bizarre because that's the only way you sell them. Like I'm surprised Tom Rett, like even like they even let that through. Like yeah. they didn't go like like. <laughs> it's Thomas Rett. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm done. So Actually, sounds more of a, a oh, country kids. name. Than I'm it. done too. That was horrible. Well, I'm <laughs> not hip at all. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. Except for Danny, none of us are, are, are really hip to what the kids are listening <laughs> yeah. to. Okay, well, so before we go, David, can you let our audience know where they can listen to your podcast and how often do you release episodes? 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, piecing it together is available wherever you listen to podcasts, all the major apps, and you can follow us on social media at piecing pod. We put out an episode every Friday and then also sometimes a second one on Mondays. And I uh, also have my music available. I uh, just search for David Rosen on all the, uh, all the music sites or by David Rosen.com is my website. I'm no poo shysty, but uh, yeah. pretty good. Sure stuff not. There. <laughs> oh, we're really happy you're not. <laughs> Danny, oh, Danny. And w- one more plug, if you'll allow, since we just spent sure. all this time talking about music. Uh, my family owns a record store here in Las Vegas called Wax Tracks Records. Uh, oh. That's that's where I work during the day when I'm not working on music or podcasts and all that stuff. So uh, once this whole pandemic thing's over with, come to Vegas and come check out Wax Tracks Records. Oh, I'm definitely going to check that out. Oh, oh, I love a, a good old a good old record store. Awesome. Wonderful. Danny, real quick, that, that tech that told you about Pooh Shicey, did they work in like the colon cancer like detection lab by any chance? No. no. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna end it here. So that's our tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. David, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, David. Thank you, Thanks, David. Thank you, David. At 6 p.m. Bye everyone. Have a good night and stay safe. Bye.